Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Case File 28 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This time we're looking at the allegations of fraud that rocked the world of horse racing, as we investigate the claims that one competitor was in fact a centaur. I phoned up Hoof Hefner, a racehorse trainer who at one point had an unrivaled career, winning more medals and major competitions than any other trainer. But Hoof's career ended in disgrace a decade or so ago, after he was convicted of fraud and ultimately imprisoned for two years. While the reasons for the conviction were never fully explained at the time, Microscope has learned that it was due to Hoof attempting to use a centaur to compete in the races. This seemingly mythical beast, half man, half horse, apparently proved to be a winning ticket for Hoof, though it seems to have eventually led to his downfall. I talked to Hoof about how true these rumours are, but the recording starts with me asking Hoof about how he first developed his love of horses. My father was a uh, jockey for many years, Mm. and then when he was about uh, 25, he fell off his horse, and uh, the horse just ran off. That was gone. Gone for good? (laughs) Gone for good, no one. Surely it's on a track that's confined. Horses can't just leave. Well, this one did, strangely. Uh, You know, like you said, tracks are round, but there was a small gap where a horse could run onto a busy main road. Uh, The horse decided to go through that gap, sadly. Causing a car crash? Did it get hit by a car? Uh, No, no, it it got into a car. It hitchhiked? It did, it hitchhiked. (laughs) People are just driving along and there's there's a a horse with its hoof up in the air. Well, I mean, again, I mean, I, I'd love to watch the CCTV, but mm. apparently the horse ran out of the gap, it jumped on the back of a SUV, a very big car, mm. and uh, basically hot-footed it to uh, Calais, where it then kept... Uh, kept a low profile. It did, it did. Um, a bit like Lord Lucan, uh, there were sightings uh, where people wrote in to my dad and said, we think... Um, We've just seen your horse in Calais. Uh, yeah, we think you've seen uh, your horse in Calais, all that kind of stuff. What were people seeing the horse doing in Calais? Uh, some were saying it worked in a uh, small kind of parking lot in, uh, right. you know, where, where cars kind of go and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was talk of it being seen just sunbathing uh, in a pool uh, by um, Bordeaux. But every sighting was followed up by the police, and uh, it was not him. It was a different horse doing those activities. Uh, lots of different horses. Again, a bit like Lord Lucan, uh, and, you know, people saying they've seen Hitler and Elvis. This horse was mistaken for a lot of other horses, and it still is to this day. I mean, I'll open a newspaper, and if it's a slow news day, there will always be on page seven picture of 
basically, it looks like my dad's horse, but he'll have a moustache on and a bowler hat. And they'll go, is this the famous missing horse? And of course it isn't. And I guess, I, and I don't want to you know, be accused of being a bigot, but I guess a lot of horses do look the same. Well, yes. I don't know if you know this, but a horse commentator, when they are commentating on horses, uh, make it up until uh, the winner is announced. Right. Uh, you, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard horse commentary, but uh, they don't know what they're saying because the listener doesn't know what they're hearing. Yes, they just rely on the fact that it's just a group of horses running along and at the end they can just announce the winner after they've worked out who exactly it was. Exactly. I mean, look, if there's 20 horses running towards you uh, and I'm explaining to you which horse is leading, uh, excuse my French, but you don't give a fuck. You're just going, there's 20 horses rushing towards me, I'm getting out of the way. Yeah, sure, sure. But commentary isn't necessarily given exclusively from the perspective of someone who's at the finish line in in the path of 20 oncoming horses. Surely your perspective is where the cameras are, which is up in the sky. Well, again... They don't, they don't go, oh shit, here's the winner, but get out of the way. Again, I don't want this to turn into a history lesson, but I have to pull you up on that. Right. Uh, in the early days of horse commentary, the... Commentator. The commentator was at the finish line. No, no, no. How could it be at the finish line? But he basically, the, the commentator, he usually was a he, sadly, usually was a he, uh, would be 200 metres ahead and he would have to run uh, backwards. <laughs> he'd, he'd have to keep pace. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had, two, he had 200 metres, so even if he couldn't keep pace, they worked it out where when he got to the finish line, the winner would usually just be crossing the finish line as well. Yeah, but that is sure. why, and that is where, and again, I don't want this to become a history lesson, but sure. that is where the panic and the terror and the, quite frankly, uh, desperation of a uh, horse commentator comes from is from the history books. And I don't want this to become a history lesson, but the history books show that a commentator would be the only person on the race course without a horse. To cut back to the story you were telling us about earlier, so your father, unfortunately, fell off his horse and lost it through this small gap in the fence. Yeah, small gap about the size of a horse. And so how did that inform his perspective on, on, on horses and, by extension, your own love of them? Well, you grow up around horses, you're going to love horses. I don't know many people that grow up around horses and hate them, you know? Unless mm. uh, you grow up around a horse that's, you know, horrible and mean and, like, kind right. of steals things from you. Like a rude horse. Yeah, rude horse, sad horse, you know, moody horse. No. Your horses weren't moody. My horse, uh, well, there was one that was moody, um, but you could make it laugh if you fell over, stuff like that. It kind of laughed at, it would always poke its head through the living room door on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon yeah. and watch You've Been Framed, and he'd laugh right. at that. But apart from that, he was a very moody horse. He wouldn't yeah, laugh at that. Bit of a poker so. face. Oh, yeah. I did actually play uh, poker once. Right. Uh, <laughs> with, with the horse? No, 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 no. no. I was playing poker with, uh, with my friend, and we were betting a lot of money. And I remember the horse, my horse, stood behind my friend, and my friend had a fantastic poker face. But through uh, looking at the reflection of my friend's cards in my horse's eyes, I could see he had two pair... And I, uh, I beat him with a royal flush. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a good hand to, to, to have to cheat on, isn't it? 
If you've got, you got a royal flush, you're not going, oh shit, I hope I know what cards he's got so I don't go in too high with these. Yeah, very, very good point, very good point. Now, so you've got uh, you've, you've got a fondness for horses, and even the, the moody horse that you grew up with you know, proved to be useful in, in these poker games. Yes. You've been training horses. I want to sort of get onto the, the sort of topic of the, of the mystery, I, I guess. Someone might say conspiracy as to why we've got mm. in touch with you. But just, can you just give us a flavour of, of what it's like to train horses? How do, you, how do you get them up to perform so phenomenally and win all the, um, the tournaments and awards that you've won? Well, I mean, um, they are an athlete as much as a sprinter, a footballer might be. And um, the thing is, you've got to get the horses in the gym. Now, I know what you're thinking. How can a horse use a gym? Uh, You know, how would they fill out their memberships? How would they get up the stairs, put a pound coin in the locker? Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, They have... Horses have their own gyms. Do they? Uh, How does it differ from a person's gym? Bearing in mind, we had quite a heavy gym episode two weeks ago with Romeo and Juliet, but... I suppose you, you're not you're not familiar with that uh, particular mystery. No, no, I can't say I've heard that episode, sadly. But no. uh, well, how was a human? Well, basically, the treadmills are a lot bigger. I've got yeah. to give them that. You're just you're, they're just big enough to accommodate horses. It's what you're saying. They're functionally identical. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, picture a uh, anything in a gym and just adapt it to a horse. That's that yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. Now, although you've had an illustrious career, winning all sorts of competitions. Thank you. But it would be fair to say that your career has been dogged by controversy there's been like numerous allegations of of cheating of foul play of you intimidating you know other jockeys other trainers yes Uh, is it it as cutthroat as it seems the the horse racing business uh, well it is have you ever seen the godfather uh yeah uh, yeah years and years ago famous scene in the godfather where the horse's head is found severed in the uh in the bed of a, uh, a traitor as a warning yeah i remember as a warning, of course. Somebody, uh, well, I'm sure listeners have read about it, heard about it, but it, of course, happened to me 15 years ago. I was getting into bed, and someone had cut off my beautiful... Uh, my, uh, his name was uh, the Oxford Dictionary. That was the name of the horse, yeah. And uh, they'd cut his head off and uh, left it in my uh, in my bed. Having a horse's head in your bed is, I guess, you know, a particular threat in some contexts. But when it's your own horse, I guess that takes on an even, you know, greater meaning. Well, I uh, I, I, I won't lie to you. When I did get into bed that night, I was uh, ten sheets to the wind. I was absolutely uh, pissed, uh, smashed, absolutely smashed. And when I got in, I didn't actually know what it was. I uh, didn't recognise it. Uh, well, I, I had no idea. I just remember falling asleep. Anyway, the next morning, I had a terrible raging hangover. I had to go to Berlin that day. And so um, I got out of bed, packed my uh, suitcase in a rush, and um, I uh, completely forgotten that, uh, well, I just basically didn't see it. Anyway, I, I got to the uh, airport, realised I had packed my passport. So I found uh, my, uh, well, she was like uh, my PA, and I said, can you go into my bedroom? I think I've left uh, my passport. Passport, yeah, in the in, in my bedside table where I keep all my kind of secret papers. <laughs> right, your secret papers, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah. She went into so, the bedroom. She went into the bedroom, of course. Now, 
a, a horse, uh, a bit like, you know, like a chicken, you cut its head off uh, and it runs around still for about 10 minutes or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this this isn't a chicken, is it? This this is a horse and it, it's not been 10 minutes. It's been many well, hours afterwards. Well, the, the opposite. Well, I think what you're implying is you're saying the opposite effect takes place and that even though this horse's head had been cut off, let's assume at some point the day before, the horse's head continued to move. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know... You... That your PA, your housekeeper, whatever, went into your bedroom... Well, I mean... Just go, what? what was he doing? Just, what, just neighing? Will you let me finish the story? Right. She goes in, and, uh, you know, again, she, she just has the last thing to expect. Old uh, Oxford Dictionary's head in the, uh, in the bed. Mm. So she goes into my uh, secret papers. She's, she's rifling through, and uh, she feels this, like, lick on her... Uh, her, her elbow. Yeah. So she hadn't she hadn't clocked what had gone on. She just thought there was a lump in the bed. Well, she was wondering what the hell's this. So she turns around. There's a massive tongue uh, sticking out the uh, of what bed. underneath the duvet. Underneath the uh, of the duvet, she whisks the uh, takes the duvet off, and yeah. uh, well, the the uh, horse is like I said. The opposite effect of the chicken is that if you cut a horse's head off, the horse's head will still be there, kind of working away for 24 mm. hours right so uh, she was like well she was like what are you doing here that was, that, was, <laughs> you know. that was her reaction was it yeah. a bloodied head of a horse still in some way animated to, to some extent the brain still sending some signals that was her reaction what are you doing here what I haven't said is I was I was on the phone to her at the time telling her where my passport was so she right. didn't want to give me a fright she didn't want to say to me you know so she picked it up and brought it downstairs and the horse was kind of chewing away, just, you know, doing what a horse does, looking around. And uh, she goes, she calls me and says, right, I'll be at the airport in 10 minutes. Oh, and by the way, I've got a little gift for you. So she puts the horse in the car. Sorry, I've got, I've got, she said she's got a gift for you. Yeah, the the, right. the head. She thinks... Uh, yeah, she, I, I, she, got, I got that, but you said she's not telling you on the phone because she doesn't want to scare you, but she's going to drive to the airport and then reveal that your prized racehorse is just a head. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, uh, I, uh, I waited outside the airport for her, mm. and uh, anyway, I was waiting outside, and uh, I saw the car pull up, and uh, I thought, who's that sat in the uh, passenger's seat? You know, yeah, and it, <laughs> he looks familiar. Yeah, he does. He does look familiar. Right. Anyway, I walked towards the car, and uh, it was then that I saw somebody had uh, butchered my Oxford dictionaries. And this was what? This was a threat to you. This is this is all part of the cutthroat nature of um, horse training. Yes, I'm very successful. I have won a lot of races. I've made a lot of money. And a lot of people are jealous of that. A lot of people don't understand how I win, how I... Uh, well, people would argue bend the rules. But yes. I would argue there are no rules to bend. <laughs> but there's been a litany of allegations in terms of drug abuse, in terms yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, you, You've breached, like, a lot of rules. Well, there's, no, there's nothing in the uh, horse rule book that I'm aware of uh, that says you can't skin a horse, slap it over a motorbike... And, uh, you know, whiz round the track. Right, that's how you won the Grand National, I believe, for the last couple of years. <laughs> yes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But there have been rumors on a couple of internet web pages that you have some creature, some beast... I don't even know how to describe it. A centaur? Some animal that is half horse, half person, and you've been using that to win your, your races. Well, a dear friend of mine, uh, Rod Mel, that was his name, Mr. Rod Mel, uh, he was a German chap who uh, one day called me and said, look, will you fly over to Rottweil? Uh, we have a little thing we think you want to see. Right. I got on the plane... Uh, I flew over there, and what I walked into was extraordinary. This is what, like a, a research laboratory, or how, how would you describe it? Oh, I'd describe it like, you know, something out of James Bond, you know. I mean, mm. it was like a little forest. You wouldn't think anything of it. You get in a tree, which was actually a lift, and you go down, and uh, right. incredibly, there was what can only be described as a uh, laboratory for horses. Right. Now, I, I'm going to be controversial here. A big expense in the horse racing industry is jockeys. Right. Now, my father was a jockey. His father was a jockey. I have jockeys in my blood. But they're a big expense. They're a huge expense. Right. I, and again, I've written a lot about this, and it's controversial, I know, but I've always wondered... How we get rid of jockeys. My prayers were answered. As you went down in this lift tree to an underground horse laboratory and discovered what? A centaur. <laughs> centaur. A centaur. A half horse, half man combination. And this, of course, has been a thing of, of legend, of myth for years. But th this sounds like more it was like a, a medical experiment. It was an experiment, correct. But I was coming in basically when they were selling the experiment. Right. Uh, they were basically, they'd been working on this for about 10 years and they needed someone with a hell of a lot of money, which is what I've got, to come in and basically buy one of these guys. Now, I wasn't sure about this. Right. The, the, the ethics of it. The ethics. Uh, you know, morally, is it right to buy a half man, half horse? <laughs> and so I spoke to him for some time and I said to him, I said, you know, but. What are the pros and cons here? Why should I take you back to the UK? He, he said he'd had a rough old life anyway, and uh, he wanted to see the world, and he reckoned he he would be a talking point if he walked in a room. And he, he said something to me which, which convinced me, actually. He said, yeah. I've always wanted to be a talking point. But despite, I guess, his desire to be a talking point, I assume you wanted the opposite. In the, Is this right? You wanted to convince people that it was just a normal jockey on a normal horse so you could still compete in races as you would have done before. Correct, correct. I, I, uh, I said to him, I want you to be a talking point, but I don't want you to be a talking point uh, for quite a while. Sure, but how did you smuggle then this... Uh, centaur back to the UK without, arise, without arousing suspicion? 
Well, I had to, uh, you know, I had to build a front of the horse to make it look like he was actually sat in the middle of a very long horse. Oh, yeah, of course. I've just realised, because he doesn't have a horse's head. He has a human body. There's no head. Yeah, you had to construct, what, a fake horse's head that he held on to? Well, if you remember, I mean, you know, sometimes you treat me like a fool on this podcast, but I did have a horse's head. Oh, yes, of course. I'm sorry, yeah, at the airport. (laughs) Yes. I decided to bring over the uh, centaur, the secret centaur, and I just told him, look, if anyone tells you to get down, and, you know, he's got, like, inflatable legs on either side. Oh, I see. Right, I'm just trying to get a full picture. So he's got inflatable human legs on the side of him. You're basically trying to make him look like a person on a horse. Yeah. And was he effective at racing? I'm going to assume he he was, given the success you had. Well, at the beginning... um, and now this might sound odd, and I hope uh, hope it doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what an ambition for this podcast. Uh, I, I decided to ride him myself for a few races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK. Because you've never been a jockey before. No, I've never been a jockey, but right. I so, thought... So he's, he's holding this other horse's head <laughs> in front of him. Yes. You're on him as, as, as what would look like a second jockey. <laughs> you, yes. How on earth are you getting away with this? Again, this is where my, what word would it be, my uh, reputation uh, mm. would be for breaking the rules. I said very clearly to the person who goes around and checks the horse, uh, they went round and said, well, uh, hello, uh, Hoof Hefner. Uh, well, this is a first. I've never seen the trainer sat behind the jockey before on the horse. Right. And I said, uh, well, there's a first for everything, and the uh, jockey here is actually blind. And I'm just going to tell him right. which way he's going around the uh, the course. Sure. If that's okay with you, you know, like really going, do you have a problem with that? Yeah, and I, I, the officials, you know, should try and accommodate people regardless of their, their, their disability. Of course, he, he, he ran off with the tail in between his legs. He felt awful. Did he? And as he should. But there's nothing in the rule book about having just one jockey on a horse. You can have as many as you want. You can have as many jockeys on the horse as you want. Yeah. It, it, it just so happens that one jockey is lighter than two or three. But sure. if you, and I did do it once, uh, 1996, if you watch the footage back, uh, I did put a horse there uh, with seven jockeys. Seven, seven <laughs> jockeys. <laughs> I did. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, you can watch the footage. Uh, they didn't make the first jump, but I remember the, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call the judge, whatever. He came around with a bit of paper. Yeah, and he went, he looked at them. And he looked at me, and I said... Uh, <laughs> You've got a problem with me having seven a, jockeys. Do you have a problem? And he went, no. And he left with the tail in between his legs. Sure. I must tell you that. Because he was embarrassed that he'd even thought there was a problem. <laughs> there there was, was a problem. problem. I mean, despite your reputation as a bit of a cheat... In horse racing, you've got quite a progressive outlook with respect to who should be jockeys for you and the number of jockeys you're allowed to have. Well, all I'll say is, all I'll say is, thank God he did actually look at the horse because there was another ten in there. <laughs> was there indeed, right? So you've got this, uh, you've got this debut race. You've got the centaur. Yes, yes. And you've got you as a jockey behind him. Yeah. Trying to give the impression there were two jockeys. He's holding the horse. Well, I'm just whispering in his ear, saying, "You know, left, left." Left. But he's he's, he's yeah. not actually blind, is he? No, no, no. I mean, the thing is, he also had to pretend he was riding the horse, even though it was his legs. You know, he he did feel a bit like, 
I could tell he was thinking, yeah, I know it's left. I mean, I'm running. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. This is such a specific question with respect to the biology of it. But when a centaur runs, does he have to pump his arms as if a human's running? How, what, is, what does he do with his arms when he's running at full pelt like a horse? It's a, it's a fantastic question. And you know what? In all of my life, no one has ever asked me that. Right. I told him if he has his hands uh, like a human, someone's going to spot that because jockeys yeah. don't do that. No. So what I made him do was put his arms out behind him like it was... Uh, behind his back? Yes, but stretched out so I'm holding them. Like a lead, like a you know, like like what what jockeys have when they're pulling at a, a horse's neck. Oh, I see. So you you almost like a jockey for him. Yes, you. He's trying to be a jockey. You've claimed he is blind, and so you are being a jockey for him. And how how did you uh, how did you fare in this race? I'm guessing you won inexplicably. Oh yeah, we won. Right, yeah. But people were not happy. People smelt. I think it was when. Uh, the horse's head fell off at right. the seventh. Uh, at the seventh. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, look, it was. It didn't look great, <laughs> did it not? No, but I told him it doesn't matter because if we're going fast enough, it will be blurry and no one will see a thing. Yeah, of course. But surely, at the end of a race, you stop. Yes. Well, I hadn't factored that in when we right, stopped. Okay. Everyone that, couldn't believe that crucial aspect. <laughs> when when we stopped, people were were gone. Oh, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. But I quickly got him into a truck, drove away. I said, "Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here." And did did you get complaints from the other trainers? How did they? How do they handle losing by such a significant margin to what sounds like a, a bit of a con? Well, the trainers, uh, you know, they wanted to meet him. They were saying that I was getting calls going, oh, well done. Um, that new bloke, that new boy that you... Uh, yeah, your new jockey. Uh, it's really lovely that you're helping him out, but we'd like to meet him because uh, we don't know where where he's been. Mm. Now, I thought, I thought, how am I going to do this? So I said, sure. This is what I do. This is what you've got to know about me. I just say, yeah, I agree to anything, and then I worry about it when it actually needs worrying <laughs> yeah, about. I mean, that is, if that hasn't been the theme of, of this podcast as a whole, I don't know what is. <laughs> so you, you invite these horse trainers round. I invite them all round, and I said to, uh, I said to the centaur, I said, look, I'm going to keep them sweet. I'm going to get them boozed up. I'm going to... There's about six of them. I said, we'll all sit in the circle in the living room. All you've got to do is poke your head around the door uh, at about six o'clock. And say hello. Because, of course, I get you, you don't want to reveal that he's part of the horse. You wanna, exactly. You want to show off his top part. To show off the top. And that these horse trainers might notice the bottom of a horse sticking out of this man. <laughs> they know a horse when they see one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, sure. So you, you get him around your house. Yeah, I said to I know, you know, I got him a bit drunk. I'm handing out beers. I'm saying, look, let's buy, let bygones be bygones. Right. Let's all have some fun. Let's chill out. And they were saying, yeah, 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 great. But where's the where's the boy? Mm. And I'm like, don't worry about him. He's fine. He's asleep. He's tired. He had a big race. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I texted him uh, and I said, look, just come down the stairs and say you're tired, but you just wanted to say hello. He was upstairs, was he? He, he was. <laughs> right, is, it, is it easy for something with the body of a horse to navigate stairs? 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, again, I haven't factored this in. <laughs> and obviously, a horse coming downstairs makes a hell of a lot of noise. I bet it does, yeah. I had to... Uh, we, we had a bit of music on, and when I heard him coming, I had to turn the music up really loud, you know. Really loud. Uh, and yeah. no one knew why, but I was like, oh, no, let's have a bit of a party. Come on. And what sort of music were you listening to? Uh... And, I mean, annoyingly, it was uh, like loads of horses. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, loads of horse kind of noises. Yeah, like like uh, you know, I like listening to horses, kind of uh, just ambient horse music. Um, sure. I I I not got the CDs right, and I was a bit embarrassed about that. They were like, "Oh, is this what you listen to in your spare time?" Oh, anyway. I thought, well, actually, this is perfect because it yeah. covers him coming down the stairs. Sure. Does he make horse sounds himself as a with, with his human mouth? When he's tired, yeah, when he's tired. But he's he, got the residual uh, he, horse nature still in him. Yeah, but he also does speak, uh, you know, fluent English and German. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. So um, there was a knock at the door. Of the living room, the, in, the inner door. Yes, or the living room. And, you know, again, we had a few drinks now and the music's playing. I've changed music, it now. It's right, like, OK, it is music. It's like whale music. I've got, like, I listen to a lot of CDs to calm me down. You know, am- like, ambient animal sounds. <laughs> yeah, so I've got these whales going off in the background. Very loud whale music. Yeah, this this will be a delight to listen back to. This soundscape, isn't it? <laughs> Let's just say that you've turned off that turned off the whale soundtrack anyway. I turned that off. I turned it off. I turned I turned off that because people yeah. hate that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, silence. Sure. Knock at the door. Mm. Who's that? And uh, one of the um, trainers. One of the women. Well, one of the women trainers went. Well, I think our guest has finally woken up. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. I fling open the door. Yep. Now this guy, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if something had been lost in translation. Sure, I don't know you, if uh, you'd asked him to try and hide his bottom half. Yes, but he has got it. I mean, literally head over tit, and he's got his ass sticking out of the uh, sticking in the doorway. Right, so it's just a so, horse's rear. Yeah. So everyone's looking, going, "Well, hang on a minute, that's the horse," and I'm like, "So it is." And they went, "Well, who the fuck uh, knocked?" Yeah. Now, it's a good question. So I poked my head out the door, and they were all sat down, and I went, oh, yeah, the jockey's here as well. He's just at the other end of the uh, corridor. Yeah. They went, oh, well, get him. So I went, oh, uh, you're all right. <laughs> I, said, I said, get rid of the horse, and then come back. Yeah. And he did that, but he obviously did that very quickly, because he turned around. <laughs> yeah, of course, right. You know, there are a few, how long's your corridor kind of questions, but uh, I didn't, uh, I did didn't rise to it. Exactly. I did not rise. Thank you. He turns round and I, what is he trying to put his horse legs behind the door, lean round? What's he? What's he doing? Well, he's just leaning. Yeah, he's like he's at forty-five degrees. He's like at an angle, right. you know. Sure. So uh, he starts. He's waving. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he's ripped. He's ripped. Uh, he said, "Hello, hello. How are you all?" Now remember, he's also blind. Well, that's your cover story. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's not. But you know. Everyone's like, hello, congratulations, fantastic race yesterday. You must be very proud. And he said, uh, yeah, I can't believe it. Can't believe my first race. Uh, I'm just, I'm over the moon. I'm over. Mm. And then he starts yawning. He's like, you must excuse me. I'm very tired. (laughs) Very tired. And because he's tired, he does what? A sort of horse's yawn. Exactly right. (laughs) right. He kind of yawns and then 
the yawn is fine. The 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 the, the inhale is fine. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, he's tired. The young man's human, tired. Human noise. Uh, the exhale, bugger me. You know, like, Something's not right. The lips here. are going mad. You know, the teeth. He's got horses' teeth. Has <laughs> he right? Yes, he does. And also, you know, jockeys sort of known for being generally shorter people. And this lad's like nine foot tall or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's tall, this bloke. You know, people are like, oh, you know, people don't want to judge, of course, but they're thinking, well, that seems a bit odd. Something ain't right there. Mm. You know, something ain't right. Something ain't right. Anyway, I said, well, I said, you better go to bed. You look tired. We've got a big race on Saturday. Yeah. And, of course, that was where everything went wrong and just to just remind us what happened what he turned around and everyone just saw that he was the back of him was a horse i i said to him uh, you know off you go to bed and uh he went well i just need a glass of milk yeah. and walked past everyone uh <laughs> clearly a horse <laughs> and he was clearly a horse now outrage in the living room uh people really kicked off and i said look you can either fight this or we can club in together and make a lot of money mm. And uh, after hours of negotiation, we clubbed together and decided to keep it between ourselves. And, uh, well, like I said, the rest is history. Yes. I mean, I was going to say that ultimately you were caught, weren't you, by the officials and banned for, for some years? We all were. We all were. We had made a lot of money. Um Because, of course, we didn't have the extra weight of a jockey because he was his own jockey. Yeah. And again, if I was someone uh, who went around prisons or primary schools, that would be my lesson. I would say... Sorry, that would be your lesson? Yeah, that would be my lesson. Don't don't buy a jockey. Don't no. make a jockey. Be the jockey. You know, sure. be your own jockey. I mean, we need to wrap this up, but is that lesson relevant to school children and prisoners? What does, what does that mean? Well, it, it is. Um, unless, that... unless you're a centaur in a horse race, what does be your own jockey mean? <laughs> you know, whip yourself into shape. <laughs> right, I see. I'm Whisper breaking... in your own ears that you can do it, you know? Well, that's a good a good message. And then, very quickly, yes. um, what happened to the what happened to the centaur? Obviously, you were banned from a few years, as were some of the your um, I guess co conspirators, as, as it was ultimately deemed. What happened to the centaur? Well, everyone loved him. He had a great sense of humour. Uh, he had the German deadpan with um, well, the body of a horse. I mean, there was <laughs> yeah. just no no way around it. You know, no, yeah, you can't ignore that aspect. He taught the country a theatre tour, started with small theatres. Ended up in 3,000 seaters, you know. What was it? What what sort of stuff was he doing on stage? Like an audience with? No, no, well, like I said, he was an extremely funny man. Right. And off his own back, uh, he, he actually was just a, f- a funny stand-up comedian. And what, 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 what no one knew. And he became very famous on the radio and he booked a tour and no one knew they were coming to see a centaur. And so he thought, well, what a brilliant encore, you know? So he would, uh, he had great... Uh, what do you mean an encore? Surely you'd, you'd, you'd see it from the start. No, he had suits designed uh, to hide it. Right. Uh, and then at the end, he'd walk out and the suit would whisk away. And, uh, the, well, I mean, you can imagine the applause that would break out when he would trot around the stage. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. was... Uh, it was something to behold. You know? So just to clarify, he do stand up for the first half of the show wearing a suit that, although you've not yes. specified in detail, hides the fact that the complete bottom of him is a full-sized horse. And then for an encore, he'd come on and remove that. 
yeah, he'd just take his trousers off and <laughs> the trousers saying. would, would uh, you know, he wouldn't have legs, he'd have a horse. Sure. And uh, everyone would cheer. And I remember after I served uh, two years in, in prison, uh, I, I managed to only do two for good behaviour. Mm. I went along to watch him at the uh, Theatre Royal in uh, Derby. Yeah. And uh, I wept. I wept when at the end uh, he took his trousers off and, uh, you know, you, you saw the beauty of, of, the, of, of, of his body. And I remembered just how good a racehorse he was. And I waited round the stage door yeah. and uh, he was signing autographs mm-hmm. and he was getting into his wagon. Oh, yeah. He had a horse box. Yes. <laughs> Attached to a limo. Yeah, and he went in backwards, so obviously he could look out and wave at the back of the horse box. Yeah. And um, I handed him an apple, mm. and he took it, and he said, oh, thank you very much, and he looked at me, and he, well, he took one bite of the apple, and he, he, he spat it out, <laughs> yeah. and he drove off. He drove off, waving, that's his, he, like, topless, waving. And uh, I just, and that, and I thought, yeah, I... I I will never forget that man and horse. I will never well, forget. I will never forget that man. Well, Hoof Hefner, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you listening to my story, and uh, you know, well, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got time for. I think we might have one more episode before the new year as a Christmas special, but if we don't, have as merry a Christmas as you can, given the social hellscape that 2020 has become. Follow our Twitter account, at Microscope Fun, for details of live gigs, which surely will start happening in the new year. Surely. But until then, remain vigilant, and catch you next time on Microscope. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.